Hi, welcome to Merch Money. Today we have Matt Lavelle with us and Christina, who I was super surprised she's here because still having the internet problems, but she worked a miracle and was able to get on. Yes. <laughs> so we both got to meet Matt at Midwest Ecom Conference. I had to think about that. I'm like, was it Ecom Chicago? No. Yeah, Midwest Ecom. <laughs> So it was great to meet you. Matt did the presentation on um, insurance there. And uh, you didn't even know about merch when we, right? No clue about print on demand. Where are you now with print on demand? Uh, I signed up and we're about 90 shirts now since about the middle to the end of August. Can you guys believe that? Congratulations. It's pretty exciting. So this is, very part-time for him. He found oh, out yeah. about it when we went to that conference, immediately set up an account, and now is already at tier 100, about ready to tier yeah. up again. It's so. pretty exciting. It's a, it's a, I had no clue that, that print-on-demand even existed. Yeah. No clue what merch even was. So it was just, uh, yeah, it was it was great. You, the, the, the presentation you gave was, was great and really enjoyed it. Well, thank you so much. And we really enjoyed yours. And I was sitting there listening and telling Christina, I'm like, I wish I had known about him back when I was getting FBA insurance. It was a nightmare trying yeah, to figure really, it all out. So. Lots, of, lots of agents that, that don't have a clue what's going on in e-commerce, you know, the difference in FBA and FBM. And so, you know, where, where people are sourcing their products and it's a lot of, a lot of maybe coverage out there. Yes, uh, that's the thing. Like, if you're going to pay for insurance, you want to make sure it works, <laughs> that it's, it's actually going to cover you. Absolutely. Um, so, it's important to have the insurer understand what your business is and understand e commerce. That's right. Um, and you not only understand e commerce, you understand Amazon, which is a whole nother beast. <laughs> so, that's that. right. Right. So, well, thank you so much. And um, we will. I'm trying to think how you want to start this. Do you have any questions for him right off the bat, Christina? Or should we just? Um, I'm sure he'll, he'll probably get into this, but I, you know, I've always kind of wondered like how some insurance like this would work with regard to merch and if it would, or if it's more for the FBA side. So I'm sure some of our watchers will probably, or listeners will be wondering that same thing. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, you know what? I guess the, there's a couple of things that, that merch. Uh, you know, of course, Amazon. You're not a con merch seller is not considered a professional seller. So, by Amazon's terms of service, you're not required to have it. Uh, but I guess if you, you know, if you threw a design on a shirt, and someone claimed that that you know you you had stolen the design from them, uh, there, there could be some some personal advertising liability there. Uh, it, it, you know, at worst case scenario, the, the policy would pay to defend you in the event of a lawsuit like that. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, not, a policy for a merch seller would probably be somewhere three or three to five hundred dollars a year. It's really inexpensive. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and somebody that's got a lot, a lot of designs that's, you know, that's, that's basically doing it as a full time job, not necessarily a hobby. Um, you know, probably something they should really consider. Yeah, that's, you know, because I 
I'm to that point where I expect a certain amount of income each month typically and have been able to show that that's what I get. Um, but there's, you know, been situations where um, people have stolen my design, like right. you said, and put it up on Amazon and um, under like the FBA side. And mm -hmm. in order for me to get those taken down, I was told that I would need an attorney. Wow. And I just didn't proceed wow. with it, you know, at that point. So, um, and then I know that, you know, our accounts can be suspended or terminated as well. Right. So I was kind of wondering how something like that would work if it was, you know, not, or if, if that account was terminated for some reason, um, you know, would that, be a continuing form of income while we were trying to resolve that issue or? No, there, there's really not any business income built into a general liability policy. Okay. Uh, and, and there wouldn't, there wouldn't necessarily be any coverage to hire an attorney to, you know, try and fight the, the, the bogus seller or the seller that, that has stolen the, the right, you know, stolen the, the design. Uh, it would be more more so to protect you in the event that you were sued by by another seller or another business, you know, claiming that you stole their design. Gotcha. Okay, that's good so to know. Thank you. Like a time. trademark. Yeah. Right. Correct. Correct. Okay. Okay. So you know, in the in the event that you did something negligent, or you know, right or wrong, um, you know, you, you're selling stuff for the public, and you're always open to you know, to someone suing you for, we're, we're in a, we live in a sue crazy society. So yeah, uh, people sue people for, for ridiculous reasons these days. Yeah. All right. Let's, okay. let's go start from uh, the beginning of how you got into insurance and okay. tell us a little bit about your company, about Wells Insurance. Well, I've been, I've been in insurance for about 20 years now, uh, primarily dealing with, you know, day-to-day -day commercial insurance, large, large farms. Uh, about four years ago, we had an Amazon seller that was in the, in the sheet category. And we wrote a general liability and her inventory policy. And she came to us, she had been to some, some conferences and she had been, suspensions were the, the talk of the conference. You know, people were getting suspended left and right. It was kind of the, the, the start of the, the real big suspension problem. Um, so she came to us and said, if I'm suspended, does my business policy protect my, you know, does that, do, I have any, do I have any income protection or expense protection or, or whatever? And so, and, and basically the answer was no. Real, real quickly, you know, we, we determined that there was not any coverage under her general liability or, you know, her, her bot policy uh, to protect any of that. So we had a, had a relationship with a, a managing general agency and we knew they had a relationship with Lloyd's of London. So we went to them and asked them, um, you know, do you think that Lloyd's would be interested in putting a program together to write suspension insurance for Amazon sellers? And they said, yeah, that, that's a great idea. So over the course of about eight months, uh, put, put the program together. It originally rolled out as a revenue replacement policy. Uh, that policy was, was very cumbersome. Uh, the premiums were high. It just didn't work at claims time. The, the claims team wanted to look at, at tax returns for three years history. Uh, as we know, in an e-commerce business, what they're doing today, it's not what they were doing three years ago, or they probably still wouldn't be in the e-commerce you know, business. So 
uh, it just just didn't work. So we, we changed the policy to an expense reimbursement policy. Uh, we protect 13, 13 different expenses that are on your profit and loss statement. Um, and, and things kind of moved from the suspension insurance. We, we still do a lot of suspension insurance, but they kind of moved to the general products liability within the past probably 18 months. Uh, and we that's day-to-day right general products liability policies for people across the country and across the world. Uh, it's a, it's, it truly is a, is a global, global business. And so, uh, it's, it's, you know, dealing with a lot of people from Australia and the UK, uh, that, that have set up LLCs, you know, here in the United States. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty wild. That's awesome. Um, I'm so happy that somebody came to you with the request and you were able to come up with a whole new solution. (laughs) And we're actually revamping the uh, the suspension policy now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was a 30-day month-to-month policy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that policy is going to an annual policy, and with with it was a, it was a 30-day it's a monthly pay policy. It's going to go to an annual pay. Uh, so we're making some some updates on that right now. Uh, so it's it is actually off of our site, uh, and it'll be, it will be back in January of 2020, uh, ready to go. So. Anybody that is interested in the suspension policy, if they'll, you know, they, they can shoot me an email or from the contact us on our website and uh, we'll, we'll definitely get back in touch with them after it's available again. Awesome. And the suspension policy, is that only for FBA sellers? No, I mean, it's actually for, for any seller that's that's on Amazon, uh, whether that's a, you know, a drop ship. Is uh, it? Only seller central though is what I mean. Like, or does it count KDP suspensions and merch suspensions? And no, it's 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 only for for the seller central. Yes, seller central. Okay, and I think with that, it is good to stay like that for at least for the foreseeable future because the seller central has more courses of action to get your account back. Right. Merch and KDP right now, there's like no recourse at all. I don't think there's any way to. There's no set system in place of how to get your account back. Yeah, and, and the, you know that that's those would be the sellers that have the most expenses. You know, they right. they've got the payroll, they've got the you know the warehouse rent, uh, the right. cost of goods sold. You know, they're buying their merchandise. Um, so th- those are the sellers that that need the reimbursement for the expenses more so than than the other platforms. Okay, so if it was because um, sometimes we sell on Seller Central as well. So mm-hmm. you could do print on demand through Printful or through another company and link right. it up to Amazon. So if there was a seller like that, would that make any sense to do a suspension policy or not so much because they don't have as many expenses? Well, it just you know they would just need to look at their books individually and determine you know does okay. does this does this policy make sense for our business or or not? Okay. So it, it's it's truly on an individual basis. And you look at the expenses for the last year or their true month to month month to month expenses expenses. okay so not like uh like if somebody had bought a whole bunch of designs or something like months ago you couldn't get reimbursed for that you couldn't couldn't get reimbursed for that it's it's, they're 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 gonna look at real-time numbers uh basically there's there's 13 categories and and they would would look at those for that month or that that length of time uh take them divide them by 30 and that gives you your you know up to your daily amount Got it. Okay. And then how does that work if you get reinstated? Do you owe that money back somehow no. or no? 
Okay. No, no, no. It's it's once once the check is cut, that that money is yours. And uh, you know, the the goal of the insurance is to to keep your business afloat while you're while you're trying to get reinstated. Okay. Uh, one of the stipulations of the policy is you have to go to the market and hire a reinstatement consultant or specialist to um, to get you to get you back on the platform as quickly as possible. Got it. Okay. So you the insurance lasts the whole time while that person's working on your account. Yes, that's correct. Okay. What happens if it just never is able to get reinstated? It's it, it pays out for thirty days and, and then the policy is over. Oh, okay. I get it. So, so only once, thirty once, day policy. Once the policy reaches thirty days, thirty days payout, then then it's it's done. I got it. Okay. Nice. All right. So that's one type of insurance. Tell us about other types of insurance. Like what's the general like a general liability insurance? What what is that and what does it cover? General and products liability are are typically in, both in one policy. Um, they cover you, you know, they cover a brick and mortar building for, you know, for slip and fall. Um, you know, somebody comes in my comes in my office and they trip coming in the front door and knock their teeth out. That that policy has medical payments built into it to pay for that. Well, obviously, an e-commerce business doesn't have that, uh, but but it protects your business if one of your products were to cause bodily injury or property damage to somebody. Um, the event that you're involved in a lawsuit, it will hire an attorney to protect you. Um, so, you know, all of your legal fees are, are taken care of. You don't have to go out and hire a private, you know, private attorney on your own dime. Uh, that's, that's all, all included in the policy. Um, you know, you, you look at the, at the, the, the dog lease, you know, that, that the woman purchased on Amazon, the dog lease the retractable leash, it, it broke when the dog took off, it came back, it hit her in the eye, and it blinded her. That's that's a that's a product liability claim right there. That that seller, I, I believe it was a Chinese seller, but if it was a you know a US seller and that was your product, that was your private label product, uh, there's no telling how many millions of dollars she's gonna be awarded. So that's where the, the liability policy would step in to to hire the attorney to defend you in the court and then also pay out, you know, any lawsuit that was or any any um, any amount that the, that the judge deemed awarded to, you know, to the other party. Wow. So. Oh, so many things that could happen. Yeah, it really is. So I know for Seller Central, it's required to have general liability insurance right. over, over a certain dollar amount or just in general. I'm not it, it's, it's changed over the course of a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Originally it was, if you were a, a $10,000 seller over the course of three consecutive months, yeah. And then it changed to the course of 30 days. And now it doesn't, the terms of service don't put a dollar amount. They just say, oh, okay. Seller. I'm so, glad I asked because I thought it was still the 10,000 thing. So that's even more important because, I mean, if you're, if you're selling full-time on Amazon, you pretty much have to right. get over 10,000 a month. Um, so, uh, but if you're, if you're not, you, you might not realize that you really need insurance. That's right. Um, and, and, and as Amazon does, they, they change the terms of service and of course they don't tell anybody and you have to go dig to find it. And so, but yeah. that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, I didn't know that. I thought it was over 10,000. So, all right, well, we're getting lots of questions. Thank you guys all for watching. We got Beth, we got, um, I'm assuming that's Travis says Midwest Ecom, Tim Massey. Thank you guys all. Um, let's see. You want to cover the questions, Christina? Sure. Um, 
Okay, so um, this might be a question I'm not sure if you're going to be able to answer just based on this, but um, you know, what are the average costs for the insurance? I know you said the one was like three to five hundred a year. Right. Uh, you know, there's there's lots of variables that go into the, the cost. Uh, it depends on depends on what you're selling. Uh, depends on how risky that product is, whether it's a private label product, whether it's a wholesale or arbitrage product. Uh, it depends on what state you're located in, believe it or not. Uh, and it also depends on your gross sales. So generally, a, generally a, a policy is going to start somewhere in the neighborhood of $500 a year. Um, you know, if you're if you're a $10 million seller, you can probably expect a you know, five or six, seven thousand dollar year policy. Uh, as your as your sales go up, your your expenses go up, obviously, and, and your your insurance costs go up as well. So, but but generally speaking, we sell a lot of a lot of three hundred fifty to, to five hundred dollar policies. Okay, that's Those would be the million dollars. You know, the million dollar liability per occurrence, two million aggregate. Um, that that do, you know, satisfy Amazon's terms of service. Okay, perfect. perfect. Um, now the next question, um, I'm not sure if I understand this one, but I'm going to read it anyway. Um, it says, would it be better to sell the shirts back to yourself at a lower rate and send them to Amazon FBA just for insurance purposes? Or would that not matter? Only asking solely for suspension and or KDP merch combo. Hmm. I'm not sure that. I don't, I don't know how to answer that, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, Travis, you're stumping us. Yeah. I, think, I, I think that's overthinking it because you don't have to print it out. Like, even if you got suspended on merch, you would still have the digital file just on your computer somewhere. Um, as long as you keep a backup somewhere. I, I would definitely recommend keeping a backup of your files somewhere. Right. And then you can put that on any platform you want. At that point, if you decided you wanted to print your shirts and send them to Amazon, you could. Um, or you could do it now, but it has nothing to do with insurance. That's just an extra thing if you want to sell on another platform in another way. Right, right. Um, and then Beth asks, is there any type of insurance that covers small businesses that get chargebacks where they have loss of money and product loss? Not that I can think of. Are you when you say chargebacks? Are you talking about return products? Um, I, my guess would be yes. Either um, return products, or they don't specify here. But um, I'm trying to think of any other chargeback type of situation. What about like damage? What about if you have products that are damaged? So sometimes if someone's returning something, you can't resell it. It's like damaged in some way. Um, or what about if your products get damaged in a warehouse or, or in any kind of way, if they get damaged, do you have any kind of insurance to protect your inventory? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we can write an inventory policy, a, a property policy for, you know, for your goods that, that are, that are in the warehouse, you know, before they go to the FBA, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, we can even write a, a cargo policy, an ocean marine policy that will cover them as soon as they're loaded into the container um, and, and shipped over to, to the United States until they reach your warehouse. Uh, you know, 
lots of lots of sellers purchase those from whoever their their shipper is. What they don't realize is that you know they may pay a hundred dollars per load. Um, mm, yeah. You can buy a cargo policy, a two-year cargo policy, for about seven hundred dollars for two years. Wow. So, you know, if you do if you do several shipments a year, that's big savings. Yes, it's a lot cheaper to go that route. Okay, that's awesome. Oh, Tim, Tim is so funny. <laughs> He's always giving Jacob a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob, you definitely need chocolate insurance. What if it melts? <laughs> <laughs> Just have, just have to stick it in the freezer and then eat it then. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think that's how Ben and Jerry's got started. Totally side note. <laughs> but they were like a new company and they, um, they, their, uh, some kind of chocolate bar melted in the car or in the, uh, like delivery somewhere. So they were trying to figure out what to do with it because they couldn't afford to lose it. So they, <laughs> that's how they made that kind of ice cream where it's like chipped oh, off because they no. literally had to chip it off. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, all right. Let's see. Okay. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, this is about returns. I get many high end electric return, electronic returns. I don't. So I think a lot of people are talking about it, returns, which is different than if something happens to your inventory before it gets to Amazon. That's yeah. correct. So once it gets to Amazon, there's no policy to protect it at that right. point. Right. And, and, and most property or inventory policies, you know, you're going to have a, a thousand R deductible anyway. So it's it's not going to cover, a you know, a 50 or 100 dollar item. Um, you know, it, it's it's to cover you. Insurance is designed to cover you for that catastrophic loss when you can't go to your back pocket and write a check to make that problem go away. I mean, that's yeah. that's that's what insurance is for. It's it's for the worst case scenario. Yeah. And that, that's the way you've got to, you know, you've got to think about, you know, your, your car and home insurance. You've got to think about it. Worst case scenario. Same with your business. Oh, here we go. Jacob is looking for insurance. Yeah, you need it, Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> and I believe, uh, I, I believe you said that you do Nash international insurance. So Jacob's from, from Canada. I'm assuming you could. So, as long as the business is, as long as business is registered in the United States, we do. Mm. If it's if it's a Canadian business, uh, yeah. we we can refer to a Canadian agency, but uh, we're we're limited just because of insurance laws and, and licensing to uh, to the U.S. and its borders. That makes sense. Okay, yeah, I think his. I'm pretty sure his business is registered in Canada. This is um, what he says he's looking for. So I don't know if you have anybody you could refer him to, or not, but. Uh, you're talking for suspension insurance in Canada. I don't, I don't believe there's a, I don't believe there's a product available for for Canada. Oh, okay. All right. It's registered in Canada. It's impossible to find online insurance policies here. Yeah. Well, Jacob, it was impossible here too. I'm telling you. When I, I mean, now it's gotten a lot better because there's a lot of insurance companies that have had the same kind of thing that Matt had, where people are coming to them like, "Can you please give us some kind of right. insurance?" But it was a lot harder uh, in 2014 to try to find insurance. We, we, um, we've been in the e-commerce space for a going on three plus years now so which is in the amazon years is about 20 but yeah it's a long time <laughs> i mean and that's so you weren't even doing it in 2014 no. i'm telling you it was like a lot of phone calls to find somebody right, who would insure right. my business i'm sure <laughs> 
but uh, now, now it's a lot easier and you know exactly what people are talking about when they ask things specifically for Amazon. So, all right, so we talked about the general liability. We talked about, um, so what's it called if you're insuring the products in your own warehouse before they get to Amazon? What's that called? So that's that's a, that would be a, it would be a property policy, but property be, policy. you know we cover the business personal property or the inventory. Okay, property um, policy. What other types of policies are common? Like those are the only two that I know about. Is there other kinds of insurance that businesses get? Yeah, you know we could you know if if, if the business is doing any any deliveries or if they're you know if they're taking merchandise from their home garage to the the UPS store or the FedEx drop off or the post office, mm -hmm. uh, you know they they would possibly need a, a higher non-owned auto or an auto liability. Mm -hmm. uh, you know if if they're driving their own vehicle on company time and they have an accident, uh, there's a good chance that their personal auto policy is not going to cover that that liability exposure. Um, generally the hired non-owned is really inexpensive to add to a general liability policy. Um, so that's something, uh, something, a lot of sellers that, that are selling worldwide, um, there, there's a worldwide liability endorsement that, that a lot of carriers will put on the policy. Hmm. Uh, and that way it would cover you if you were selling, you know, if you were a U.S. seller on your Amazon, you know, UK or whatever the, whatever the Amazon dot might be, yeah. Uh, you know, that would, that would extend your liability worldwide, basically. Nice. I didn't know about that. How much extra is it to extend it worldwide? Uh, it's a couple hundred dollars. Wow, you know, that's amazing. In, in the whole scheme of things, though, it's, it's, it's a whole lot cheaper to extend it than buying, you know, three or four different policies if you're oh, selling absolutely. in three or four different countries. And you think you're only selling in three or four countries and then Amazon right. adds a new platform and then a new one. And right. then you're pretty soon you're like, wait, why, why are my products in 20 countries? Um, That's, you okay. know, we, 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 we talked to a lot of sellers that, you know, that they, they started selling one product and then it turned into three and then it turned into 10 mm -hmm. and you know, they, they started a year ago and then they wake up and they scratch their head and they're like, Holy cow, we're selling $2 million in product. And yep. we don't have, our taxes, you know, we don't have an accountant, we don't have insurance, we don't have, you know, there's lots of I's, dot and T's to cross and they wake up and they're like, holy cow, what do we do now? Yeah. So we, uh, we, we help, help lots and lots of sellers with, with that problem. Fantastic. And I guess, what about insurance if you have any employees? Uh, you would need workman's comp and that's strictly based off of the payroll for that employee. Okay. And there's, there's some, there's some defining language in a workman's comp as far as who's a contract labor and who's an employee. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if that employee or that contract labor, if they can come and go as, as they want, uh, if they have the ability to hire and fire other people that, that could come in and work, uh, then they would be considered an independent contractor. But if you tell them where to be, what to do on a day to day, to day basis, uh, they're definitely an employee and if they throw their back out moving a package loading it from one one truck or one shelf to another um you know don't think they're you know they, they may be best friends with you now but when they're you know they have to have back surgery yeah. don't think they're not going to sue you and they're not going to be best friends then so yeah uh <clears throat> what happens if they are a contractor wouldn't you like what would happen if they pulled out your back 
as a contractor? If if they were you know set up as as an independent contractor, a 1099 employee, mm -hmm. uh, then you know they, they would have to sue you, but they still probably wouldn't be able to get anything because you could okay. you could say, look, you know, we we've got our checklist here of of how how an employee is defined, and and you are not you are, you are not an employee. Okay, so independent contractors are responsible for that kind of thing themselves. Correct. If they get hurt on the job, that's they, on them. But basically, if they have health insurance, then their health insurance kicks in to, okay. to take care of those bills. Okay, interesting. To, to, to answer Jacob's um, question there, I, I'm an insurance agent. I own, I own an insurance agency. And, and we do, I'm, I'm an independent agent, and we deal with the whole gamut of, of insurance companies and, and underwriters. Uh, all the standard markets um, that that write e-commerce business. A lot of a lot of insurance companies won't write e-commerce businesses yet for whatever reason. Uh, we we try and talk to them every time I've got a marketing rep in here. Um, I'm on their case about you need to get in here. That could go to any mall in America. They're they're empty. Uh, mm -hmm. This this is where it's moving to. Uh, look look at how many sellers that Amazon adds a day. It's 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 crazy. So. Uh, you know, we, we, we deal with all the state, like I said, all the standard carriers. And then if it's something that, that we can't write through a standard carrier, then, then we've got the brokers that we, that we can jump to. And uh, I haven't had anything that we can't at least get a quote on yet. So if, if it's if it's out there, we, we can write it. That's awesome. It's so like what you said about how there's so many insurance agencies are not doing this yet. Um, it's so interesting that online sales have been going on for a while. I mean, like yeah. 20 years or plus and all, everything's so behind, like the insurance is behind the laws and all the States and countries are behind. Right. I was at a, uh, a uh, hearing um, in DC. I live pretty close to DC. So I was I actually got to go in person. So it was so interesting. Like they're trying to figure out what to do with all these different problems that have come up with online sales. Um, like, I guess now is as good a time as any to, <laughs> you would think it would have been 20 years ago you solve all these problems, but oh well, at least we're working on it now. <laughs> a, a common problem that, that I see with with agents that aren't familiar with e-commerce business is they want to lump every e-commerce business, whether it's private label, wholesaler, or arbitrage seller, they want to lump them in as an as a mail order catalog sales which is which is way way wrong um especially if you're selling it that th those those classifications work if you're a wholesaler or arbitrage seller because you're selling someone else's product you don't have any, you don't have the near the product's liability exposure but if you're selling a private label product you better be labeled as the manufacturer or or an importer for that product uh, because if you're not then then you don't have the covers that you think you have at, at you know at claims time um, and also if, if you've got a private label product, do your product testing, do your, do your safety testing, um, know where your product come from, comes from, know all the, know everything that's in that product and, and where it's manufactured at, how it's put together. Uh, we had a case, it, it wasn't, wasn't one of my insurers, but one of my companies, um, where they were insuring, we had a seller that, that was selling wholesale water replacement filters for refrigerators. Um, they got to looking at their, and they, they had a really good sales wholesaling those. They started looking at them and said, well, we can go to China and we can have these made for, for much, much less than we're buying them for and still sell them for the same price. Uh, 
you know, our return, our return goes, goes way up. Uh, so they went to a Chinese manufacturer and they started manufacturing their own with their own label on it. Uh, started having leaks, started damaging lots and lots of floors uh, in houses. And they didn't do any of the product. They didn't do any product testing. They didn't have any certificates where their product had been tested, had been safety regulated or anything. And uh, the insurance company denied the claims. Uh, you know, they, they weren't big claims, but they were three or $4,000 a piece. And you get 10 or 12 of those and you've got a, you've got a problem there. So um, sellers have got to do their homework. Yes. That is a very good tip. And also, to know to spot check because a lot of people they get a That's sample right. and the sample is all perfect everything looks amazing and then once you agree to do it then all of a sudden the products they make are not like that sample <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> and the quality goes way down so you really need to check pretty much every every repeat order or whatever like double check again make sure it's still the same that you think it is yeah um now I do have another question um, about small business insurance in the online space. Mm -hmm. um, for those that have websites, um, maybe like a, a Shopify website or mm -hmm. just their own website where they're selling mm -hmm. products and they're collecting customer information and things right. like that. Um, is the, would uh, in the general liability insurance would that cover like a um a breach of that information so if someone hacked into the website obtained all of that customer information there, there are coverages generally in a in a general liability policy in the iso forms those are excluded they're they're not included however okay. most companies will add those back by endorsement um and, and they're they're really inexpensive to add back Okay. Uh, generally speaking, you know, less than a hundred dollars for the data and the privacy, uh, okay. you know, and it's, 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 it's a little bit of limited coverage. You know, even though you've got a million dollar general liability policy, you would not have a million dollars to, to cover that exposure. Uh, but you would have some coverage to, you know, to send out the mandated letters, uh, and, and to, to try and, you know, do some, some data recovery and, and, you know, if you have to go re you know, replace the, the laptop that, that's, you know, even if you had a laptop and you read the coffee shop and you closed it and left it on the table and somebody somebody stole the information like that, you know, so if, you, if you're collecting personal information from your customers, uh, that's a that's a definite necessary coverage to have. Okay. Yeah. Good question. What other things should sellers be thinking about? So for us, most of our audience does merch and KDP and things like that. Mm -hmm. I would think that probably doesn't need insurance. What do you think? Probably not. Uh, very, very limited exposure. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for, for my merch store, I don't have a policy. Yeah. Um, but, it, I'm, but I'm not doing it full time either. If I was, if I, was, if I were like the, the two of you that, you know, that, that, you know, that's my primary income my primary living uh as cheap as a policy is especially for 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 a merch category mm -hmm. uh, it would kind of be silly not not to have a policy in place so if if we were to get a policy what exactly would we get and what would it do uh be a general products liability policy it would be you know a million dollars per occurrence two million aggregate which means any one claim would be up to $1 million in coverage. 
And then you could have up to $2 million over the course of a 12 month period or the course of a policy period. Uh, you could have two $1 million losses. You could have four half million dollar losses. H however, that number is, is arrived at. Um, but, so but this, go ahead. This is if someone is suing you. That's what this is for. That's, that's correct. Or, okay. or if you did something negligent to cause bodily injury or property damage. And I'm not sure how a design could, could do that, but. You never know, I guess. Uh, you, you never know. That, that, that shirt could could suffocate someone. You know. It, you know. I guess put it on a baby and they slip in it and the baby suffocated and that, they they sued you because that was your shirt. Yeah, I guess like from my point of view, it seems like since it's royalty income and we're not the seller on record, right. but do you think that we would still potentially be involved in a lawsuit? You know, if it was a if it was a bad lawsuit, they're they're going to try to bring they're, everyone. They're going to try and pull everybody possible. Um, you know, worst case scenario, yes, you probably wouldn't have anything. You probably wouldn't be awarded a judgment against you, mm -hmm. uh, but you would at least have legal fees to you know to defend yourself. Got it. Um, okay. You know, even if it was just an attorney writing you know writing some letters or something, um, you know, attorney fees are are pretty steep these days. So. Okay. All right. So that's one type. What about if you have an Etsy store, Shopify store, and you are the seller on record? Is it still the exact same insurance you would get, whether it's merge yes. or Etsy or, okay. Yeah. So I just so. general, and it's just to cover if you get thrown into a lawsuit. Yeah. The, 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 the policy that, that we write does not specify what platform you're selling on. Okay. Um, so, I mean, it would extend to, you know, the, the whole gambit of, of platforms. Okay, so one policy could cover you for everything that you need, uh -huh. essentially. Okay. Yep. yep. That's really good to know. So if you so if you have an Etsy store, a Seller Central store, merch, and Shopify, it's all one policy? All one policy. Oh, yes. wow. I don't know if I knew that. That's good. <laughs> that makes it simple. That's right. Right. <laughs> Especially all the people. we. I mean, we have so many people on so many platforms. We have a lot of squirrels. Tiny <laughs> 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 <Find the> object. <laughs> Try everything. So that's encouraging that they don't need to get a lot of different insurance policies. Right. Yeah. Yep. One, one, one will cover it all. Yeah. And would that also, okay, so here's a very odd situation. <laughs> I think of these weird situations. I've seen this happen. So um, if, and I'm assuming this would cover that type of situation as well, where um, let's say that you purchased a design from someone else. So you weren't the one who created it, but you purchased that design, you put it up somewhere on a platform, and then later on you find out that that is stolen, even though you're not the one who created it, you purchased right. it. I'm assuming that still covers you for that, that as well. That, that policy would pay to defend you, yes. And then if you were sued by the by the owner and, and there was a judgment awarded that, that you had stolen their their design, that's what that's what the policy is for is to protect you in that in, in that scenario. Yes. OK. And then what about as a graphic designer? So let's say that you, you're a graphic designer and you're using resources, um, selling those to businesses. So you're not necessarily right. like on a platform, you work for yourself right. as a freelancer. Right. Um, need, need a professional liability policy. Um, 
you know, that just to cover that professional service that, that, that designer is offering. Okay. So that's uh, another it's, type it's, of insurance. Yes. Just, just, just a little, a little different, but, uh, but still, but still cover them properly. Okay. I didn't know anything about that. So that's really good to know. And I think Jacob had asked earlier about contractors. Um, so if you do have a contractor working for you in some capacity, or if you are the contractor, is that under that same thing, professional license or what kind of insurance would you get if you're, if you're, no, a I mean, I mean a, a, a contractor would need a general liability policy. Yes. But I mean, it, it would depend on how the, how the business was set up. If you were, you know, if you were running your FBA business mm -hmm. and your merch business and your contracting business all under the same LLC, mm -hmm. all the same federal ID number, uh, then, I mean, I guess you could have, you know, several different classifications. You could have your, you know, your, your internet retailer, your, um, you know, your contractor class all on the same policy, as long as that company is, as long as that company and underwriter are comfortable with, um, you know, with, with doing all of the, all those classes on one policy. Okay, cool. And what's, what's the best way that people can contact you if they have specific questions or they have specific needs and they have questions about their own business? Um, probably the easiest way is to go to our website, well-insurance.com. Okay. I think I put, did I put that in the description? If I didn't, I'll do it right after. I meant to. I know I put it in the Facebook post. Okay. They, can, <laughs> they, they can email me directly from there or the, or the contact us will we'll get to me as well. Okay. Yeah, guys, I would definitely recommend doing that just to see what you, what you should yeah, yeah. do, what will protect you. Right. And um, if, you know, if somebody did want to get a quote, there's a, there's a real simple little form, name, address, phone number, link to the Amazon storefront, uh, some, some questions on there about testing and where do you get your products? You do you sell private label. Um, it takes about two minutes to work through it. And then that, that comes directly to my, my inbox and I'll get to work immediately. We, we've got pretty, pretty quick turnaround time. It's not, it's not instantaneous because we have to determine where does it need to go? What company wants to write that? Um, but, uh, you know, generally, you know, within a couple of days, we'll have a quote back. Fantastic. And uh, oh, darn it, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Christina, do you have anything? I literally lost it right in the middle of asking the question. No, that's, I mean, that's great. Um, I think, um, I don't know. If something Jacob, back in. It looks like Jacob may have a question. Um, if you do know of anyone in the, uh, in, Canada, in Canada that, mm -hmm you know, that you've connected with that offers this type of insurance. I think that's definitely something our viewers would like to know or any other international contacts that, that you're familiar with. I know that we uh, tend to have a lot of people in the UK. Um, we, we, we have a, uh, we have a resource agency that, that we deal with as well that uh, they're located in Australia. Okay. Uh, but, but they, they have um, other countries under their, under their umbrella where they can, they can write in the UK, um, in, in several other countries. So. Perfect. Yeah. We have people from almost every country in the world, literally. Yeah. <laughs> like there's so many countries in this group. Yeah. So, 
I, I would, can I still message you and just oh, yeah, case? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to help, you know, whether we, whether we write insurance form or whether I'm just able, a resource and able to help them with something. I mean, even if somebody just wants to have a conversation and, and get educated and they've got a policy now and they want to make sure they're covered right. I don't. That's I, what my question was. Thank you for reminding I me. I don't mind <laughs> to, to review stuff. I'm, I'm, yes, I want to write your business. But if you've got what you need, I'm going to tell you, look, you've got what you need. Stay put. You, there's no reason to, to change. So we're, yeah. we're, not, we're, we're not aggressive sellers by any means. We're, we're, I would rather educate and make sure you have what you need versus anything else. Okay. Before I forget again. So the question was, <laughs> what happens if you change? So let's say you get your policy. And then we all like tend to change and do new things and add right, new stuff. Right. So let's say right now you're doing merch and KDP and uh, that's about it. And then all of a sudden you decide you want to add a private label product that goes with some of the merch shirts you're making. So if you, in the middle of your year, whatever insurance policy, you add a whole new thing, should they just call you and kind of update the policy mid year or how does that work? Yes. If, if, if they start, you know, especially if you break, you know, if you're selling, if you're an FBA seller, you're selling home goods and you're kind of staying in your lane and you're adding different home good products that that's fine. But if you decide to, to jump into the, the exercise equipment, completely different, different realm. Yes. You, you need to reach out to your insurance agent because some insurance companies are not real comfortable with, with some products. Uh, baby products, exercise equipment, supplements, anything that's ingestible or that's an ointment or lotion or anything that's applied to the skin. Uh, th those are all, all high risk items and Amazon designates those as high risk items and, and they're, they're more difficult to insure. So um, yeah, they whoever your, your insurance agent is, have some conversations with them. Hey, we're looking to get into the XYZ product, you know, what, on it. Okay. Thank you. I'm so glad I remembered before we <laughs> ended. Yeah. I could not think what my question was. But yeah, that happens all the time where where people add stuff or change something. So it's good to uh maybe put a reminder on your phone or something like every quarter. <laughs> Just be like, does my insurance still work? Yeah, we, yeah. we, we, we do like to have you know annual reviews with the customers. Uh -huh. uh, you know, just just ask some basic questions. Are you, you know, have you changed your business model? Have you done any yeah. added any new products in the past year? You know, what, what are your gross sales? Because a, a general liability is based on the gross sales. That that's how it's rated. Uh -huh. um, so you know that they're, they're going to get the customer is going to get an audit if they you know if they say they're doing a hundred thousand and it's a minimum premium policy and they come back and they do one point two million, they're going to owe some additional premium and they're you know in lots of cases they're not going to be happy because their agent didn't tell them up front that, Hey, if, you know, if you see your sales going crazy, you know, call your agent and tell them, Hey, look, we need to bump these sales up. So I don't get hammered at renewal time with, with the renewal and with the, the audit premium that, that will be due from last policy. Yeah. So. Wow. This has been so helpful. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'll, I'll look for you. To, I'll look for you next week, Jacob. <laughs> Travis, I appreciate you watching too. Yeah, I have a feeling Jacob might be reaching out with some more questions. Um, he I'm, does I'm have, happy to help. He does have another one that says, um, does someone need international insurance if they're selling in 
like another country like the US or the UK. So, so Jacobs, you know, his business is registered in Canada, but he's right. selling a lot internationally. Are we talking FBA or are we talking merch? Um, actually, a, a product of his own. So he recently started a chocolate business. So it's an adjustable. It's all the chocolate, right? Yeah. I, I would want that worldwide endorsement on there that it would extend liability from that Canadian policy to anywhere else in the world. You know, okay. US, US and UK included. Yeah, um, definitely. So that would, you know, that would be a discussion to have with the, with the Canadian broker. Okay. Canadian yeah. agent. Does anybody else have any questions for Matt before we let him go? Thank you so much for, I feel like I this is really helpful. Like, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I think I'll probably be reaching out. <laughs> so just to kind of make sure, you know, I mean, you just, you just never know. You and never that know. Seems, seems really affordable. So just for that peace of mind. Our, our, our slogan is, is be proactive versus reactive. Yeah. You know, yeah. always, always want to be ahead of the game. Exactly. Yep. That's true. Oh, Jacob's saying I'm trying to partner with Tim Massey. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I can go under his policy. <laughs> Too funny. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, thank you so much. And I'm so excited for your merch journey, too. Yeah, yeah, me too. I can't wait to see uh, where you are <laughs> after Q4. You'll probably be uh, all the way up to tier 500 or who knows, tier 1000. Yeah. yeah. I'll put fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. So, and guys, I'm getting a lot of messages about the um, pretty merch um, showing different sales numbers than your analyzed tab. It's like a known error right now. Um, I think pretty merch is actually the accurate one and the analyzed one on merch is the one that's not accurate. So um, they somehow are showing the days wrong or something on the analyzed tab. So Sorry, unrelated, but I had to get that out there because my phone's blowing up with messages. <laughs> like, Might as well just cover it for everybody. <laughs> yeah, it, it, merch is uh, who knows what they're doing right now, but it, it'll probably be fine tomorrow. I'm guessing. <laughs> so, well, anyway, I I think that I think that covers everything. And everybody, please make sure you go visit his website and get a review and make sure you're all you're all insured correctly. And uh, Good luck to Jacob Topping and Tim Massey. Looks like they're negotiating <laughs> ownership of this chocolate company. <laughs> and for everyone listening on the podcast, that website again was well-insurance.com. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right. Bye, guys. We'll see you next week. Good night. Thank you.